Giannis, 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast brought to you by Toyota. For legendary safety and reliability, choose Toyota and let's go places. We're live here from the winter meetings. Amy Jennings here with Brendan Mortensen, pinch hitting for Bobby Blanco this week. Um, and Brendan, it's kind of been a crazy week. Not yeah. a whole lot of news for the Nationals, but we've been running around talking to Davey Martinez, to Mike Rizzo. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, well, I mean, look, this is what we anticipated with the Nationals. We knew coming into this offseason they were not going to be the biggest spenders the goal is to develop the young core players that they have at the big league level so they're not going to make any signings to block playing time for those guys and they're just not in a position to spend a lot of money in the offseason it doesn't make sense because you're just quite frankly not probably going to be making a playoff push this year but that's not the goal the goal is to see the young players progress and you're trying to bring in veterans that can supplement them and help them get in the right direction. Right. Two events that are new for the Nationals this winter meetings is that they're likely to take somebody in this afternoon's Rule 5 draft. And actually, yesterday was the first time that MLB has implemented uh, this draft lottery. So that was new, not just for the Nationals, but for all of baseball. And uh, we know now that the Nationals will have the number two pick in next year's draft, despite having the worst record in baseball. They didn't get that number one two pick, but Brendan, in my mind, and kind of the way Mike Rizzo talked, number two is just as good. Yeah, it could have been worse, I think, is the takeaway from the, the draft A's, lottery. The poor A's. Yeah, you look at a team like the Athletics, and they end the season in 2022 with the second worst record in baseball, and they end up with the worst pick in the lottery at pick number six, which is worst case scenario, because in the new CBA, a team is not able to have a top six pick in the MLB draft in two consecutive years. So not only do the Athletics not get a top five pick this year with number six, but they won't get a top six pick guaranteed next year. The best they can do is number seven. So the Athletics might be the wor one of the worst teams in baseball for two straight years and ends up with pick number six and something worse than that next year. Right, exactly. I mean, it's been a while since the Nationals have picked this high last year, number five, taking Elijah Green, number five overall. But um, so the strategy is going to be a little bit different, and it definitely looks different at number two. Mike Rizzo said kind of one to five. Their strategy is all the same. Their preparations all the same. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, see. So a correction from our producer, Paul Mancano, the top six in the CBA agreement is only with revenue sharing teams, which I don't believe the athletics fall under. So maybe they'll still have okay, a good pick go. next year. Thank you, Paul. But the point is that they still don't have a good pick <laughs> this year and the Nationals do, which is which might be important in this draft, at least as it seems right now, there are two top players in Chase Dollander, the pitcher from Tennessee, and then Dylan Cruz, the LSU right. outfielder. That's at least what it looks like right now. Of course, we don't know that for sure. At this point last year, Elijah Green looked like a slam dunk number one overall pick. Before that, it was exactly. Kumar Rocker who looked like a slam dunk number one pick. So it's too early to tell Way exactly who will be in the top two. But at least as we stand today, 
those top two guys, it seems to be those two and then a drop off in talent after that. And Dolander has the Nationals name written all over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can totally see that. Um, so that was yesterday. And then the next and last really big event, unless the Nationals sign somebody crazy, will be the Rule 5 draft. And the last time the Nationals took somebody in the Rule 5 draft was 2010. So it's been over a decade since, they, since they've been involved in this. They have the number one overall pick, of course. It's possible that they don't take anybody, but I think you have to take at least somebody. It's possible, but the indications that we have gotten from Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez seem to be that they feel like they have an opportunity to add big league talent with the number one overall pick in the Rule 5 draft. It's not like the MLB amateur draft. There is not really a consensus number one overall guy. We have tried to compile lists <laughs> of potential players that we think it could be. And then you talked to J.J. Cooper yesterday, and he just named some guys that could go at the top that we had just not really thought about. Right, exactly. J.J. Cooper, Baseball America, an expert on the Rule 5 draft. Yeah. And so it's always interesting to talk to him and see you know, the names that he has on this list. Um, and he gave me two names that were not on mine, but what no. I thought was the more interesting one of the two, I, th I think it's most likely they're going to take an arm at that number one spot. It's, you know, easier to keep somebody on your roster all year. If you have them in the bullpen, you get a big lead, you're down a big lead, you know, you can throw them in those situations. Right. And they need an arm, certainly. Yeah, it sounded like that's what Davey Martinez was hoping for, Once, that they yeah. would take an arm. They do have an opening in the starting rotation. I would be surprised if a Rule 5 draft pick makes their way right. to the national starting rotation. That's a very tall ask. But I think it's pre pretty realistic that you could select somebody who has had a decent track record in either AA or AAA or both, and they can make a pretty immediate impact in the Nationals' bullpen. And with the current construction of the roster, it would make a lot of sense to use that number one overall selection. Maybe it's on a bullpen arm, and hopefully it's somebody that can help you. Right, exactly. On my list of pitchers before I spoke to J.J. Cooper <laughs> yesterday, I had Jaden Murray up there. I had Eric Miller. He was the highest-rated prospect that was left unprotected. Yep. In the Philly system, he's a left-handed pitcher. We know the Nationals are always in need of lefty and their bullpen but I thought the interesting name that he brought up he brought up Gus Varlin of mm -hmm. the Dodgers organization and then Jose Lopez um, and when I was looking at his stuff he has really good stuff a, a fastball in the mid 90s really good swing and miss numbers on his on his breaking balls he's a lefty in the race system yeah and actually pretty good numbers a lot of the guys yeah. that JJ brought up about the rule five draft were some more theoretical players, I guess you could call them, players who hadn't put up the best ERAs in the minor league system, but they either had some stuff that jumped out or just some intangibles. But with Lopez, I mean, the, the numbers were there as well, right. which was encouraging. Right. And you, it's so hard to tell what each team values. You know, he called it, I think JJ called it the land of misfit toys. Yeah. Um, these are players that teams left unprotected, you right. know, so they were willing to take a chance um, on them getting selected by another team. But it's just so hard to tell, you know, like the Orioles might be able to take their number one guy on their list. Um might drop to you know 17 you know you just sure. don't know um so that'll be interesting to see yeah i think it presents the nationals with a, a really good opportunity to add to the team yeah i mean again For the way the price the way the <laughs> roster is currently constructed i think a rule five draft pick could realistically come in and help the team immediately and especially when you have the number one overall pick in the rule five drafts which is not a position the nationals have been in very often you can add some serious talent, and it might not be a superstar player. I don't think we've seen a superstar come out of the Rule 5 draft in 
I don't know, 10, like Josh Hamilton comes right. to mind as the last Rule 5 draft pick to really turn into a star. So that can't be the expectation, but you can still add an impact player. Right, the Nationals at that number one slot, you're going to get your guy, you know, and the Rule 5 draft moves so quickly, you know, you have a list of players and, you know, if it, it gets to your turn then and there's somebody left on your list, then you can take them, but they get their selection. So I know Davey Martinez said they're still up there, uh, you know, crunching the numbers, yeah. looking at their guys, creating their board. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. That's later this afternoon, but a really good way for the Nationals to add talent in a way that they haven't you know, had to in years prior. And uh, we mentioned we talked to Davey Martinez earlier this week. We've gotten the opportunity to speak to Mike Rizzo. Um, in both of those, is there anything that either of them said that surprised you at all? Yeah, there's a few takeaways that I got from hearing from Davey and Mike Rizzo. Uh, first of which was just kind of the question of Jamer Candelario. When he comes in, was he going to be your everyday third baseman? Was it going to be your everyday first baseman? Where were you going to put him? And honestly, I think the biggest takeaway from asking about Candelario was that Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo seem to firmly believe that Carter Keboom is going to be in that competition to be your starting third baseman in 2023, which came as a little bit of a surprise to me. Carter Keboom, of course, missed most of last year with an injury, didn't really know what his recovery was looking like. And when he was playing last year, I mean, he didn't show you a ton of those flashes that you were hoping he would as the top prospect in your system. But it sounds like Davey and Mike Rizzo believe that, yeah, Carter Keboom has a chance to win that third baseman job. And it's always so hard to tell whether, you know, he's realistically in the conversation or they're just saying that because you yeah, can't give up hopeful. on him yet. Because we know every, going into almost every season, it's like, you know, it's Carter's job to lose. We're committing to Carter. Carter, you know, he's in there. This year's a little bit different because he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Right. Um, so it's a little bit different. But yeah, that did surprise me that, you know, they weren't willing to commit. You know, when they signed Jamer Candelario, you know, to that amount of money after they weren't willing to pay Luke Voigt, you know, eight million arbitration, I was like, they, they're probably going to commit to him being the opening day third baseman. Yeah. Um, but both of them said it's kind of a wide open competition and Carter Keboom's leading the pack. And it's interesting, too, because if Carter Keboom, let's say he does end up winning that third baseman job out of spring training, then does that push Candelario to your everyday first baseman? And mm -hmm. then what does that do with Joey Manessis? Well, and that's what surprised me is that Davey was willing to commit to, D, uh, to Joey Manessis being the opening day everyday first baseman right as it stands now yeah that was another big takeaway as well i think there had been a question mark around manessis because he has the ability to play first base but he can also play a corner outfield spot so if you were filling out the lineup one through nine at this point you could put joey manessis not too comfortably in a corner outfield defensively, but you would prefer to have him at first base. And it sounds like Davey Martinez would also prefer to have Joey Manessis at first base, which indicates to me that the Nationals might still be in play for a corner outfielder, whether that's through free agency or trade. I don't think that they would want Alex Call. I don't know if they're completely comfortable right. with a guy like Alex Call being your opening day left fielder, assuming assuming Lane Thomas isn't right. So I think the Nats are probably still in play for a corner outfield veteran. Yeah, exactly. As it stands now, you know, kind of previewing the rest of the offseason, they're good. They need another big bat. And whether that's yeah. going to come in the form of, of a corner outfielder or they're going to commit to a DH, they also need another starter uh, uh, pretty bad. And Mike Rizzo, you know, didn't seem too concerned, you know, with no. with where they stand right now. Um, and it's not likely that they could fill either of those roles with somebody that they get in the Rule 5 draft. So that's, that's going to have to come. 
in the coming weeks. Yeah, and that starting pitcher conversation is an interesting one as well, because when you're looking at the tier of starter that the Nationals might be going after, you could probably realistically think of a name like Andrew Heaney, but he just got way more money than I was anticipating at this winter meetings. This starting pitching market, I didn't think it would move, A, as quickly as it has, right. and B, these pitchers are getting paid. <laughs> like that tier of pitchers is getting a lot more money than I anticipated. Yeah, so one name that has been connected with the Nationals as reported by Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post was Jordan Lyles. And I think he would make a lot of sense in Washington. He is an innings eater. He's probably yep. gonna throw around 180 innings if you bring him into your rotation. And I think he would be a perfect fit. I mean, he yeah. doesn't have an incredibly high ceiling as a starter. He's probably not going to give you an ERA really even under four, but he'll give you a consistent ERA around four. It's probably not going to be over five. And if you have a decent defense behind him, I think Jordan Lyles can just do exactly what you'd need him to do this year, which is eat a lot of innings and just bring a veteran presence to a starting rotation that is going to be relying pretty heavily upon three very young guys. Yeah, exactly. You need somebody that you can get for reasonably cheap and somebody that can eat up innings for you. And Davey Mart you mentioned the defense there. Davey Martinez also touched on their improved defense once CJ Abrams mm -hmm. came over and got to that shortstop position and now that's a main area of improvement that they need to look forward to next year. He said we have to catch the ball. <laughs> right. But even if it even if it's not a Jordan Lyles type of pitcher, I think it will probably be a similar pitcher right. in that echelon and it's important too when you are pitching to these pitchers that was a really bad pun <laughs> when you are trying to get these pitchers to come to Washington the win-loss record might not be there for them but you can pitch to them hey we have somebody at shortstop that we believe is going to be right. an elite defensive player we have Victor Robles right. in center, center field. field who is elite defensively we have Kbert Ruiz behind the plate who is a young exciting catcher who has improved his defense a lot over the last few seasons and if you are able to tell a free agent starting pitcher hey we've got really good defense up the middle and you have a good catcher that you can work with it's enticing to a starter yeah exactly they have the potential to be pretty strong up the middle right in, in, in 2023 so just left this week is the rule five draft today um doesn't look like the nationals are going to make any big moves or possibly any moves at all this week jamer candelario being really the only big one so far this off season uh, but we mentioned the need to go out and get a starter and probably a corner outfielder and a big bat they're gonna have to yeah one interesting thing in that starting rotation conversation as well Mike Rizzo did mention yesterday that it sounds like Cole Henry is going to be ramping back up for spring training that's somebody who maybe could have made his big league debut at the back half of last year had he stayed healthy and we weren't really sure what was going on with Cole Henry up until this point when I asked Mike Rizzo yesterday where he was at sounds like he is going to be ramping up towards spring training starting throwing it's a good sign and maybe he can work his way into the starting rotation halfway through the season right exactly it was disappointing to hear thoracic outlet you know you don't yeah. really know um the good thing is he's a little bit younger and really for you know a lot of years cole henry's kind of highlighted these pitching prospects you know i know yeah. a lot of the attention was on kate cavalli uh jackson rutledge you know has been up and down and hurt all around um uh but you know cole henry I think they were really optimistic that he was really close to making his debut, of course got hurt.
We also said uh, that Kate Cavalli and Mackenzie Gore are both on their regular winter routines, mm -hmm. amping up for spring training. Uh, so that was really good to hear because those are two young guys that they have to have in this rotation come next year. Yeah, don't want to make any assumptions on Cole Henry's timeline because we're not really sure. But you would have to imagine if he is back pitching this year, they probably ramp him up very, very slowly because you do not want to mess with an arm injury for a starting pitcher. Uh, specifically the elbow as well. So I would imagine that Cole Henry starts in a lower level rehab assignment sort of deal, but we'll see once we get to spring training what the plan is for him. He could be an important arm later on in the year. And then I think the last injury update that was really no injury update was Steven Strasburg. Um, he's not throwing yet, uh, mostly just strengthening and stretching, Mike Rizzo said. Um, he wants to pitch again. Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo both said, you know, He's really trying, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not that his spirits are down. He's really trying to pitch again. It's just so uncertain. Neither of them are willing to put any pressure or timeline on them. So that kind of remains to be seen, whether we're going to see Steven Strasburg in this rotation ever again. Yeah, I think the interesting line from Rizzo was that nobody is more frustrated than Steven Strasburg about the fact that he has not been able to pitch over the last two seasons, which... I suppose is encouraging. I mean, that's a good thing. He wants to be back in the rotation. He he's wants only to be pitching. making a couple dollars. <laughs> right. It, it's not like he's just, you know, cashing his paycheck and, and calling it a day. Steven Strasburg wants to be pitching. He wants to be in this rotation. Can't really expect anything out of Steven Strasburg. I don't think you can enter 2023 and pencil Steven Strasburg into your five-man rotation. I think that would just kind of be irresponsible, not knowing what his timeline is health-wise. But Davey Martinez said, too, if he does end up coming back, that's almost like, hey, you just signed a big-name free agent right. and you just added him to your rotation. I think anything you get from Steven Strasburg this year would kind of be a win. Right. I think you know most people are like anticipating him maybe never to pitch again. So if you get anything from Steven Strasburg, um, I think that'll make fans and and the whole organization really happy. Yeah, and fans especially, because Davey Martinez said if he does pitch this year, he promised that his debut would be at home at Nationals Park, which well, is a big promise. So if we it. see Steven Strasburg in 2023, you'll be able to see him at home. We'll let you know. Buy your tickets <laughs> now. Um, Anything else before we get out of here? Any any crazy news? I mean, we kind of knew Takeaways. this was going to be the slow winter meetings for the Nationals, and that's pretty much exactly what it's been. I mean, Mike Rizzo, he said he knows what his budget is for this offseason, but I just can't imagine that it would be wise of the Nationals to spend a whole lot of money because you want to make sure that the young guys are getting enough playing time, that they're getting enough reps. And that's the most important part of this 2023 season is the development of your young core. And then you start to build from there. But Mike Rizzo, again, emphasizing they've done this before. They know how the blueprint goes and they are fully expecting to be able to do it successfully again. Right, exactly. That's why the big ta-da of this week was finding out where they're going to pick in the 2023 first year player draft and then today's Rule 5 draft. So we'll see if the Nationals use that number one pick and if they take an arm with that pick, I think Davey Martinez uh, would be really happy. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you for tuning in to our Winter Meetings podcast brought to you to by brought to you by Toyota for legendary safety and reliability choose Toyota and let's go places thank you to Paul Mancano for producing this podcast behind the scenes for Brendan Mortensen I'm Amy Jennings and we'll catch you back in DC